Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Super Bowl quarterbacks are back at it over the weekend. Tom Brady still see the wrap on the left knee. He needs surgery at some point this offseason. Back to work. Hashtag eyes on eight. Patrick Mahomes back at it. Day one, alarm clock and off he goes as well. Extra motivation for Mahomes. I think the torment of losing in the Super Bowl will drive him the same way it drives Tom Brady. Two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Maybe they get together again next year in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't complain about that because a salty Patrick Mahomes and a healthy Patrick Mahomes, after having that toe repaired, that that would be a different game altogether if we would see a rematch of Super Bowl 55 in Super Bowl 56. It is a Tuesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live. Peacock only today, so we have more time to talk. And because there isn't a ton of news right now, We have more segments to fill in creative ways. We did buy or sell earlier of various defenses. We have a draft coming up based upon an anniversary that I wasn't even aware of. More on that later in the program. That's a tease. Now we're going to do word association for a bunch of quarterbacks. Shereen Williams in with us. Her power. I don't want to jinx it. I'm jinxing it. I'm sorry. Her power has been on for the last hour. One of the few people in Texas who have power, and we hope everyone out there gets their their power back on. It's uh, a record cold. Do you do you like do you like go? Do you just like experiencing it? How long can you deal with it before you have to run back inside? Uh, I I actually went out and walked around on Sunday a lot, walked up and down the street while it was snow. I mean, we never see this, Mike. The Super Bowl was the last time we had any snow here, which was, what, 2011? So we hadn't seen it in a while. And then yesterday, they warned against for hypothermia and frostbite. Stay in. We're below zero wind chills. So I didn't even go out of the house, which makes me stir crazy. I mean, I I average about 14,000 steps a day. I had 2,000 barely last night. So... Uh, it's tough. I need a treadmill. I figured out I need to get a treadmill in here. The the my, my brother-in-law were talking about this the other night. Th- there's really one line that separates cold 
and not cold. Yeah, you can use a thermometer. <laughs> but the ultimate litmus test for cold and not cold is if when you breathe in, you feel the noses, the, yeah. the, the hairs in your nose freeze. That's when it's cold. And there's a point. I don't know what temperature it is. I haven't done this research. But there's a point where you feel that sensation. That's when it's cold. Anything other than that's not really cold, at least not here in the Northeast where we're used to wintry weather. And we also have the infrastructure to deal with, you know, snow and ice on the roads, unlike you, as as I learned 10 years ago when the Super yes. Bowl was in Dallas. All right, let's get to quarterback word association. And let's begin in Texas, in Houston. Deshaun Watson, first word or phrase, you're not limited to one, word, phrase, clause, paragraph that comes to mind as it relates to the relationship between Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. I think it's broken, Mike. That's the word that first comes to mind. I mean, the Texans are still insistent of we are not trading Deshaun Watson. He will see the light of day. He will come back to us. Just wait, just wait. Even though they haven't talked to him, they haven't had a word with him. They haven't, new coach David Culley has not exchanged any words with Deshaun Watson, but they are convinced they can talk him into coming back, that he will come back just because he has no other options. And I don't know that that's going to be the case. I think they wait too long on this. To me, you have to get it done by the draft to get full benefit out of it. Well, they're saying be an all-season program, so if he's not around, you still think you can talk him back, right? So I don't see this coming to a head until training camp, when he doesn't show up for training camp, and you figure out, oh my gosh, we need a quarterback. Who are we going to have to start at quarterback if Deshaun Watson truly doesn't come back? And I don't see him coming back. So I think this is a broken relationship, and I don't think the Texans yet realize that it's broken, Mike. This is going to take a little bit of a wind-up, and it may not be worth the payoff. But when you said, I think it's broken, it reminded me of one of the lines from my cousin Vinny when he says, I think the yeah. effing thing is broken. And and that's relevant because there's the thing going around on Twitter now where they say, cite a line from a movie that fans of it would instantly recognize. And I don't know, would my cousin Vinny fans recognize, I think the effing thing is broken? And now I'm sitting here Houston, we have a problem. I'm pondering the possibility of saying the word because we're not on NBCSN today. Uh, and we're on Peacock. And let me tell you, I've watched many of the offerings on Peacock, and the F word is rampant on Peacock. I want to start a petition to use the F word on the days that we are Peacock only. Pete, can I go ahead and let it fly today just for fun? Pete? Pete says, Pete says let's wait. Pete, Pete has kids to feed so in deference to the children of pete who already have it hard enough because he's their dad i'll make sure that they also don't <laughs> go hungry all right um i i think that that my phrase would be cut off the nose to spite the face that's what the texans are poised to do because they want to send a message because they don't want to blink because the inmates can't be running the prison one of the catchphrases regretful catchphrases from the franchise from a few years ago. I We've talked about this before, Shereen, on PFTPM, and I'm on board. They are going to screw this up. They are going to dig in, and they are going to hold firm, and they're going to blow their opportunity. And Nick Casario is going to talk himself blue in the face to get Jack Easterby and Cal McNair to understand how they need to set aside the desire to send a message or win this weird tug of war and just maximize the return. You don't maximize the return 
by ignoring opportunities to maximize the return, which is seemingly what they're doing. Well, and Mike, here's the deal. Deshaun Watson had one of the great years a quarterback has had this year. He led the league in passing yards. They won four games. This is a team that is a long, long, long way away from contending with or without Deshaun Watson. And it may be time to just hit that hard reset button and start over and get all the draft picks you can get because you would get a ton. And they've traded all those away. They don't have, as we know, a first-round draft pick this year. So hit the hard reset button and start over. And, and, and I know franchise quarterback, I get it. Franchise quarterbacks don't come along like this. You're not close to contending anyway. You don't have the draft picks to do it. You don't have the cap room to do it. So are you just going to let Deshaun Watson play out his deal and, and lose for the next four years? I just, I don't know. I don't know where this franchise go. It's in disarray and it's in disarray for a reason. It reminds me a little bit, although it's a different position, it reminds me of what the Vikings went through six years ago with Adrian Peterson when Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman came to Houston to meet with Peterson and to gently point out to him, you play for us or you play for no one. It's easier to do that with a non-quarterback. You need your quarterback to be all in. Your quarterback is a member of management among the employees who is there to lead, to inspire, to hold accountable. He has to be fully on board. There's stuff he does that goes above and beyond what he's paid. And if he doesn't want to be there. Now, if Deshaun Watson shows up, I don't think he does anything half-assed. But I, I just I just don't think he's going to show up. And I think he's made it clear to them he's not going to show up. And I, I, they, just, they, need to, they just need to move on, and uh, we need to move on to the next team. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Shireen, word association for the current relationship between Wilson and Seattle. I think it's uncertain, Mike, and maybe hanging on by a thread because it sounds like to me that Wilson perhaps wants more than what the Seahawks can deliver, and, and that's the question. Are they going to do – what Russell Wilson wants them to do. And if they don't, then this relationship is short-lived. I can very well see him playing this season for the Seahawks and that being the end of his career in Seattle. And this is just a different day and age of quarterbacks, Mike. We used to see them go to one team, they'd be drafted by that team, and they'd finish their career there. That's not the way it works anymore. And we're seeing quarterbacks with a lot of power, and they're exercising that power, and that's exactly what Russell Wilson is doing, Mike. Fear is a great motivator, as I learned through 12 years of Catholic school, and fear of alienating the fan base used to be the primary motivation when it came to quarterbacks who may have wanted out but didn't want to say anything, didn't want to do anything that could potentially make the fans upset. We are seeing quarterbacks at a point where They don't care anymore that they trust that the people who get it will be with them. And the ones who don't understand it, if they're not with them, fine. And you know what? Maybe this is a reflection of social media. Maybe this could it be there's something positive about social media in that we all kind of thicken our skins and recognize not everyone's going to like us. There's going to be people who don't like us. There's going to be people who like us. And if you don't like me, if you don't like my decision, if you don't like that I don't want to work here or live here or play for this team, that's your problem, not my problem. I'm going to go forward with my life. And I feel like that's what Deshaun Watson's doing, and I feel like that's what Russell Wilson is thinking about doing. 
Me For me, I'll go one word, fluid, because that's the truth. That was the last word I got last week. Where does it stand? Has he asked for a trade? He hasn't asked for a trade. All things are fluid. We haven't heard anything more about where that fluid has flowed the past few days. Maybe things are calming down a little bit. Maybe they've reached some sort of a quiet understanding, but it was fluid as of last week, and I think it's currently fluid between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Stay in the NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo. Best word, phrase, clause to describe the relationship between San Francisco and its supposed franchise quarterback. Well, I'm going to steal this one from Pete, but it does feel like it's it's a one more chance, and it does feel like that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to return to the 49ers this year and be their quarterback, but perhaps it will be his last year there. And it does almost feel like a one-sided relationship, like Jimmy wants to be there because he thinks he can win there. He's shown he can win there. I mean, they should have won the Super Bowl last year. And the 49ers keep having their eye looking elsewhere to where can we upgrade? And they obviously should have gone out and gotten Tom Brady, and they might have been the ones lifting the Lombardi trophy this year. They didn't do that. They stuck with Jimmy G. I could see this playing out for one more year, Mike, but if they don't get back to the Super Bowl, I see this as really a short-term relationship. I'll go with lack of pliability because that sums up Jimmy Garoppolo and his inability to stay healthy at a time when 43-year-old Tom Brady continues to show up for every game. 23 games missed by Garoppolo over the last three seasons. I've been thinking about this one a lot. I need to write something about it. I need to collect my thoughts. I need to really, really articulate what, what's rattling around inside my brain. I think they're going to cut him. I think they're eventually going to cut him. I think that's going to happen between now and week one. There's no guaranteed money left in the deal. There's a ridiculously low salary cap charge relative to the cap, even if it drops to 180. He's got a $25 million compensation package. I think a half million is tied up in off-season workouts. Uh, the rest of it is, is a salary of 24-1, 24-2. I think he's got a half million in workouts, 300000 in per-game roster bonuses, and uh, like a, like a t- whatever the difference is, 24-2 salary. I don't think they're going to find anyone to trade for him. I don't think that for the same reasons the 49ers want to move on, another team is not going to want to take that contract because of the inability to stay healthy. The Patriots make a ton of sense from a trade standpoint. They're not going to pay him. They're not going to pay him. A year after paying Cam Newton seven, not even $7 million, the maximum, I think he ended up making $3.7 million on the year with the salary and the incentives. I don't think anyone is going to take on that contract. I think the 49ers are going to get someone else, whether they trade for Sam Darnold, whether they draft someone, whether they sign someone. They're going to hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo until they get his replacement, and then they're going to cut him. That's my prediction for the 49ers and Garoppolo this offseason. And you think, is Darnold the best option? That's what you think they're going to do? I, I Peter King and I, or Miles and I, at some point over the past day, I can't keep it straight anymore because we talk so much about these different angles. But I, I think that, that Darnold would make sense. I was, it was Miles and I last night trying to figure out when Darnold would be traded, before the draft, after the draft, during the draft, after round one, like Josh Rosen was traded by the Cardinals to the Dolphins a couple of years ago. I think Darnold is a guy that could run that offense. And uh, Kyle Shannon is very particular about the way he wants it to be run. And I think he believes that Darnold can do exactly what what is expected in that offense. Or, I don't know, maybe they trade for Kirk Cousins, although I don't see the Vikings letting him go. Uh, but I, my prediction, write it down now, and if I'm wrong, well, hey, I was right about the Super Bowl winner, so I, I have some leeway here. Jimmy Garoppolo, 
cut by the 49ers before week one. Derek Carr and the Raiders. Word association to describe the relationship, Shireen. In lust, but not in love. And I think this is sort of the same same scenario we've talked about. My, I think the, the Raiders really have that wandering eye looking around to what's better that's out there. You know, how can we upgrade over this guy? And, and Derek Carr thinks he can win with the Raiders. And so I don't know how this relationship ends. I there do it think is. possibly there it is. that there it is. There it is. I think that... I think that maybe it doesn't end well for, for either side. But, you know, Derek Carr may be their best option right now. I don't know who they upgrade over uh, Derek Carr at this point, Mike. But I certainly don't think they're in love with Derek Carr. I think, can we put that back up? Because it's not, it's not entirely accurate the way that we have that. Because Marcus Mariota is the backup quarterback. They're talking about trading him. I think we change the, the, the person on the left to any other quarterback. That's what it is yeah, with John Gruden. Any other quarterback, that's what he does. And Chris Sims has told us that's how he is. And he's so smitten with the idea of eventually getting himself a Peyton Manning. Well, there isn't a Peyton Manning out there. There isn't a guy that's going to fall into John Gruden's lap. But, yeah, hey, the points bet odds last week when everything started to bubble up with Russell Wilson. Top of the list, Las Vegas Raiders. Right. So Gruden's going to look. Gruden's going to think. Gruden's going to meander. Gruden's going to ponder. I was told a couple of weeks ago when the possibility of a trade first came up that Gruden is not trading him. I haven't written that yet at PFT because I don't believe it, because I still think there's a chance that somebody's going to fall into Gruden's lap and he's going to say, Derek Carr, see you later. Jalen Hurts, Eagles, word association, relationship, go. I think honeymoon. They're still in that honeymoon phase, Mike. And we know Hertz has taken his receivers into Texas, I assume down in the Houston area where he is from, to work out with those receivers. He's the quarterback, and he's going to be the quarterback of the Eagles this season. But who knows how that's going to work out, right? Because they're still in that honeymoon phase trying to figure each other out. Is he the right guy for the Eagles? Is Are the Eagles the right team for him? And that's yet to be determined. So, uh, new coaching staff, new offense, a lot of new in, in Philadelphia, including the new starting quarterback who only started a handful of games last season. So a lot to be learned by this team this year. For me, it's dangerous expectations. And I really do think one of the reasons why Jalen Hurts was removed for Nate Sudfeld from the Week 17 primetime game on NBC between Washington and Philadelphia was because if Hertz had pulled it out, it would be a given then that he's the guy and it builds this legend. And you don't want you don't want the expectation of the fan base going into Jalen Hurts, what will be his first full season as the starter, being just too much. We, we, we this isn't going to be an MVP candidate right out of the gates. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. Oh, by the way, they fired Doug Peterson, which sets everything back. I just think they don't want the expectations for Jalen Hurts to be too high. That's where the danger creeps in, and that's where you end up having Eagles fans shift their ire from Carson Wentz over to Jalen Hurts if he doesn't perform at the level that they would like. Alex Smith, Washington. What's the word association to best describe that relationship, Shereen? This is a really hard one, Mike, and I, I guess cozy. I would use the term cozy because – Washington really likes Alex Smith and, and what he did. And it's a story for the ages, and it's probably going to be made into a movie, and you root for that, and that's fantastic. He won Comeback Player of the Year. But at the same time, you know, they they 
want an upgrade at quarterback. They don't know who their quarterback's going to be. They they put in for Matthew Stafford. They they talked about that. You know, Kyle Allen could come back. They've already re-signed Taylor Heinke. So, you know, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. We don't know what Alex Smith's future is. You root for a guy like that. I know Washington is rooting for him. Uh, but I'm not sure that he's their quarterback long-term. I'm not even sure he's their quarterback this year. It's not going to surprise me at all if he retires after what he did last year. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. It, It's just, it's over. I feel like it's over. He's got a huge salary for 2021. It's not guaranteed. They've paid him a lot of money over the last three years. Remember when they traded for him? Bruce Allen instantly right. gave him a contract extension, didn't have to, and in hindsight shouldn't have done it. But I just think that for what he's due to make, for what they'd want him to take, he's better off getting cut, which is what will happen, and just picking his next spot, picking where he wants to be a backup. And you can make very good money as a backup quarterback in the NFL, four, five, six, seven million. It's a great gig if you don't have to play. And I think Alex Smith has a lot to give by way of teaching and mentoring a young quarterback. And he can almost slide into a Josh McCown phase of his career where he doesn't play, but he's on the team. He gets compensated more than he would get compensated as a quarterback's coach. And uh, maybe at some point makes the transition to coaching if that's what he wants to do. But Alex Smith has always been a guy about whom the other quarterbacks on the team have raved. Go back to 2017, 2018 with Patrick Mahomes. All the credit to Alex Smith for being selfless and teaching and helping Mahomes learn that offense. That's what Smith can do. And I think that's what we'll see him do. Wouldn't it be something if he went back to the Chiefs as the backup? To Patrick Mahomes, that that I'd take Alex Smith over Chad Henney and Matt Moore. All due respect yes. to those two. So I just think it's over in Washington. Aaron Rodgers, we thought it may be on the way to being over based upon the things Aaron Rodgers said after the NFC Championship. How would you best describe the current relationship between player and team in Green Bay, Shereen? I think they're the old married couple, right? They're bickering and <laughs> kind of looking elsewhere, and they've been together so long that you know they. They know how each other. Did you wash this pair? Did you wash this pair? (laughs) I washed it. Go ahead. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So they're the old married couple there that are just kind of getting along in life and whatever the rest of the life brings, that's what it's going to bring. But I, I don't know how long this relationship lasts, Mike. You know, I, I, again, I think if Aaron Rodgers wasn't coming off the MVP season, we're having a different conversation and we're talking about Aaron Rodgers going somewhere else. We're talking about him being traded somewhere else, but you can't do that coming off an MVP season. And that's what happened. So he's our quarterback for this season beyond this season. Who knows? I mean, I think they drafted uh, Jordan love to be their quarterback in the future. I don't think they drafted him to groom and eventually trade. I think they drafted him with the thought of he's going to replace Aaron Rodgers. So I still think that's going to happen. It's just a matter of when Mike. Well, and to take your excellent example one step farther and ruin it completely, they are the old married (laughs) couple where one holds power of attorney and is waiting for the other one to slip into a coma so the plug can be pulled. That's what it is. That's what the – I mean, of course the Packers aren't going to trade Aaron Rodgers now. He's coming off an MVP year. And if he continues to play at that level, they won't trade him or cut him after 2021. That's the core issue here. Rodgers wants certainty. He wants commitment. He wants to know that plug's not getting pulled for the next two or three years. A contract with an appropriate level of guaranteed money ties the team's hands. The team, and when when 
Brian Gutekunst said he's under contract. That's code for we hold the cards. Well, he's under contract. We hold the cards. We have him under contract for three more years. We get to decide this year, do we want him back? Yes, we do. Next year, do we want him back? We'll see. The year after that, we'll see. That's what Aaron Rodgers wants to avoid because they have that ability to just say, see you later whenever they want. So I think that's good. Your part of it was good. I made it dark and disturbing, but it's accurate. <laughs> the Packers are just waiting for the moment to pull the plug on Aaron Rodgers. Tua Tonga-Vailoa and the Miami Dolphins, how would you describe their relationship? I would say they're dating, but not yet committed, Mike. This is just kind of that early phase of... Uh, or is this going to be a long-term relationship or a short-term relationship? I just don't think we saw enough from Tua last year to know what he is, to know how good he can be. And the problem for the Dolphins, obviously, is we did see enough of Justin Herbert to know that he's going to be a great quarterback. I think everyone agrees on that. And the Dolphins bypassed Justin Herbert to take Tua. So uh, this uh, they need to get... Brian Fitzpatrick re-signed or something because Tua might or might not be the quarterback of the future for the Dolphins. Now, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the quarterback of the future, but that relationship certainly worked well for the Dolphins this year. We asked Tua a couple of weeks ago, pointed question, do you want Ryan Fitzpatrick back next year? And he did not answer the question. He gave us an answer. It was friendly. It was nice. When you look at what he said, he didn't answer the question. Okay, to take another excellent selection by you and just completely throw it off the rails. This is this is the uh, Pete's very nervous now. To, yeah. uh, dating but not yet committed. With this caveat, Tua is is the guy they take to dinner, but then when they get home, they grab the phone and text someone else. You up? So that's that's the that's the relationship between t- now Ryan Fitzpatrick is moving out of town, so they're going to need somebody else to text you up yeah. after midnight too. But that's the relationship between Tua and the Dolphins for right now. Tua's basically got to prove that he's the one worthy of getting that post midnight text message from the Dolphins. Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. How would you describe their relationship? I think it's just comfortable, Mike. They've gotten to that point where it's hard to break up, right? You're just kind of, they're both there, and there's probably better options out there for a team that has a great defense and some excellent weapons on offense, but it's just comfortable with Ben at quarterback. And that just, if he comes back, then they're going to have him at quarterback as long as he's going to be the quarterback. We talked about how the quarterback dynamics have changed. Pittsburgh is one place it hasn't changed. I don't see Ben Roethlisberger going anywhere else to finish his career. I think it's in Pittsburgh. I think he finishes his career in Pittsburgh and walks away as one of the league's all-time leading passers, is going into the Hall of Fame, and, and will not play for another franchise. That's how I see that, that relationship finishing. This, to me, is the football equivalent of staying together for the kids. I don't think either side wants to be perceived as the villain in the divorce. The Steelers, oh, we want him for another year. Ben, oh, I want to play for another year. I think anytime you start talking about that final year, 
you're 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 just asking for trouble. And I'm I'm tainted by the Brett Favre 2010 experience with the Vikings when he came back for one more year. Although from Roethlisberger's perspective, Jerome Bettis came back for that one more year and it worked out. The Steelers aren't nearly as close to winning a championship now as they were going into the 2005 season. That was the season after they were 15 and one in Roethlisberger's rookie year and lost at home to the Patriots in the AFC Championship. The next year they cashed in and they won the Super Bowl. They're not they're they got. The Ravens, they've got the Chiefs, they've got great teams in that conference that they have to deal with. They got great teams in their division they have to deal with. Division. So I, I just think that and I still think there's a chance that it's gonna fall apart. Ed Bouchette planted this idea in my brain a couple of weeks ago. He had an excellent item in the athletic. Just because everyone has said all the right things publicly, it does not mean they're gonna work out a contract that allows Ben Roethlisberger to return and they clear up nineteen million dollars just like that in cap space if they cut Ben Roethlisberger. Jameis Winston, Saints. How would you describe that relationship? Close to proposing. Uh, they're thinking about it. They bought the ring. It's just when's that right time going to be to make that full commitment toward marriage? And I do think this is headed that way, Mike. Now, whether Jameis Winston ends up starting the season as our quarterback, I don't know. I think Sean Payton finds some way to use both Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston but I do see Jameis Winston with the Saints, and I do see Jameis Winston playing for the Saints as well as Taysom Hill. And how that works out, I don't know. I don't know that it's going to be a Roger Staubach, Craig Morton, hey, let's alternate plays or let's alternate series. But I think both of those guys play quarterback for the Saints this year. I feel like, and I think back to the Sean Payton interviews that he did Super Bowl week. He was on with us. He was on with several others. And the way he talks about Jameis Winston I feel like he's the guy in the local courthouse square with the megaphone saying, I'm getting ready to propose. If anyone else out there would like to do so first, please feel free, but I'm getting ready to. And I feel like he he believes he owes it to Jameis Winston to help place him in a starting job somewhere. I'm not 100% sure he wants him because if he did, I don't know why he'd be saying publicly all the things he's saying because Winston is on track to be a free agent. They're not going to use the franchise tag on him. They don't have a right of first refusal in his contract. So all of these flowery things that he said about what a great leader he was and this, that, and the other thing, the other teams out there that are identifying their free agency options are, Oh, Hey, the bears, we talked about them earlier. Hey, maybe I should go get Jameis Winston. So I feel like, I feel like what Sean Payton is trying to do is set up, someone to come take him and he can say, oh boy, we really wanted to keep Jameis Winston. Let's move on to Taysom Hill and find someone else to back up Taysom Hill. And on that note, a guy who was one of the backups in New Orleans until he left last year for the Carolina Panthers, the last one on our list, Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers. How would you describe their relationship? Feels like a fling, Mike. Kind of a one-year fling, right? We had a lot of fun. We won some games. All right, that's it. Uh, be here's the door. See you later. Might see you again sometime, but we're we're moving on to somebody else. So that's what it feels like to me. This just doesn't feel like it's going to work long term. I don't know where Teddy ends up. Maybe he stays there, but they certainly might want a better quarterback than what they got from Teddy Bridgewater this season. I hate to admit this publicly, and nobody's really watching today. But uh, so I'll go ahead and say it. I love the movie Grease. There is just something about and I shouldn't. There is just something about it that is so awesome. And 
And Pete, Pete said summer love when you said fling. And I think of the scene, and, and I'm going to admit way too much knowledge of this movie, but the scene at the pep rally and the bonfire when all of a sudden Danny and Sandy get together again and Danny acts like he doesn't know her, that's the Panthers right now with Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> that's that yeah. scene. And Teddy is, is uh, Olivia Newton-John, and, and, and Teddy's getting upset, and Teddy is getting ready to say to the Panthers, I wish I'd never laid eyes on you and run away. Because it's clear, Shireen, they don't want him. Yes. The report came out. They offered him to the Lions from Matthew Stafford, along with the eighth overall pick in the draft, plus more. And the Lions said, no, thank you. So it's a shame. And I'd love to see Teddy Bridgewater back in Minnesota. Um, I, I, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen either. I, but, but I thought Teddy was good last year. I don't get it. I think David Tepper, the owner of that team, is so desperate to get a true franchise quarterback. He's willing to throw overboard any other quarterback as they try to get a franchise guy. And I put them in play for something behind the scenes to try to get Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. Yeah, well, I was going to say, Deshaun Watson makes sense. Certainly, he played at Clemson. He would be a huge ticket, a huge draw for, for the Panthers. He'd answer their prayers at, as the franchise quarterback. Something really, have they even had that in, in Carolina? I can't think of a great, truly franchise guy that they've had. One of the best, well, I guess Cam. Cam won the MVP award in 2015 when they went 15-1. But he, he would be the, the next thing from Cam, right, as their, as their franchise quarterback. But the question would be, would, would Deshaun want to go back and play there? He does have the no-trade clause. But it, from Carolina's standpoint, it makes perfect sense that they would be all in on Deshaun Watson and let's go get him and we'll even trade you Christian McCaffrey. What do you want? We'll give it up to get Deshaun Watson, Mike. Um, I, and I had a thought as, as, you were, as you were saying that. Clemson. Clemson. They have the eighth overall pick. The Jaguars have the first overall pick. Two teams that entered the league together back in 1995. Not that that has any relevance to this, but I feel like David Tepper is so determined to get a franchise quarterback. If he can't get Deshaun Watson, if he can't get Russell Wilson, eighth overall pick plus Straight up. a lot of other stuff to go get Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick in the draft. And uh, when, when I think back to the all or nothing series that focused on the Panthers and David Tepper was riding in the back of an SUV and he was talking about how the league is set up for all teams to be 500 and there are certain things you can do to skew above or below it. Coach, GM, and you got to have a great quarterback. And I remember thinking in that moment, Ron Rivera's done, Marty Herney's done, and David Tepper's going to be hell-bent on getting a franchise quarterback. So uh, clearly Bridgewater's done. He's going to be gone. They're going to unload him as part of a trade if they can. But maybe they, maybe they, if they can't get a proven veteran who's available and is a true franchise quarterback, maybe they make a run to the top of the draft and keep Trevor Lawrence in the Carolinas moving forward to start his NFL career. All right, that was fun. Let's take a break. When we return, could LeBron James actually have played in the NFL? He may have been closer to doing so than we ever realized. More PFT Live right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. LeBron James on receiving NFL interest during the NBA lockout in 2011. Yes, there was an NBA lockout on top of the NFL lockout, but the NFL was back and the NBA was in flux. And LeBron James says, I would have made the team. One thing about it, I don't mind working for something, so I would have had to try out for the Cowboys or the Seahawks. Or if I'd stayed home and went back home to Cleveland, I'd have tried out. But I would have made the team. I just know what I'm capable of doing on the football field, especially at that age. Ten years ago, large human being who would have been an excellent tight end. I think he did the right thing by sticking with the NBA. But uh, I don't. I don't doubt. I don't doubt that. That they just the the size. The the. the you know, the body shape, everything. about. I mean, he would have been a great football player. I don't know how long he would have lasted in the NFL physically, but he would have been a great football player. I'm convinced of that. Yeah, and you look at all the players in the past, Mike, that Cowboys have had who played other sports. You look at Bob Hayes was the fastest man ever, you know, won the 100 uh, in the Olympics, and they've tried a whole bunch of guys. They even drafted Carl Lewis one year, and so it would have made perfect sense if LeBron was going to, go play football, that he would play for the Cowboys, who, by the way, are his favorite team. And I think it would have been a great – I look back on the Cowboys in 2011, who their tight ends were. Of course, they had Jason Witten, who was still in the prime of his career at that point. They had Martellus Bennett, and they had John Phillips. So he certainly could have made the roster as at least their third tight end, and they'd have found a role for him for sure. But I have no doubts, Mike, that he could have played in the NFL and been a really good football player. He was 26 at the time. He played receiver in high school – much more filled out, though, as a grown man than he was in high school, like we see so many of the NBA players do. They get thicker and thicker. Uh, football players as well. I remember how skinny Vince Young was when I first saw him playing for Texas, and he was anything but as he got deeper and deeper in his NFL career. Um, I the, the reality, though, is it seems like most football players would love to play in the NBA – but few NBA players yeah. would love to play in the NFL. I think that, well, the, the pay, what, what do we do every July when NBA free agency happens? We marvel at the contracts being given to guys yeah. we've never heard of, right? I mean, I don't follow basketball closely enough. And even then, the people who do follow, like, who the hell is that getting $20 million a year? So when you only have five guys on the floor and you play 82 games and you have a TV contract that ESPN – put way too much money into you get a ton of money for NBA players and you know Randy Moss would have loved to play in the NBA Terrell Owens would have loved to play in the NBA it just shows you how rare the skill sets are 
to be highly effective NBA players. And LeBron James, the king of that mountain, at least current day, I don't want to get into the whole LeBron-Michael Jordan thing, but uh, yeah, he would have been selling his talent short if he had played football. I say that as an ardent supporter of the sport, but I recognize that the guys who would be the best basketball players should not be messing around with football. It's amazing, Mike, when you go in an NFL locker room, that's all they want to talk about is the NBA. I mean, Des Bryant was the biggest NBA fan of all time, but all of them, they follow the NBA, they debate the NBA, that's all they want to talk about, and they would have loved, if they could have done it, to have been basketball players. I guarantee you, you get to play more games, you make more money, you have longer careers. I mean, what's not to like about that? And so a lot of those players in the NFL would have loved to have gone and played basketball I'm with you there are very few NBA players that say oh, I wish I was playing in the NFL but LeBron is one that I have full uh, confidence could have been good at whatever sport he tried and having said that Michael Jordan wasn't a great baseball player but I think LeBron could have at least done football and I think if Michael Jordan had done baseball from the get-go and stuck with yeah, it maybe you know kind of like Tim Tebow maybe just maybe but but hey it's I say the same thing about baseball. If you got a great football player who could be a major league baseball player, I'd, I'd take Kyler Murray. I'd, you play baseball a lot longer. Now, Kyler Murray may make more money playing football if he gets a franchise quarterback contract. But uh, my, my, my son, nephew, brother, friend, anyone, all things equal, I'd say play baseball professionally over football because you will play longer. You'll be healthier on the back end. And there's a good chance you'll make far more money. Look at, remember Jeff Samarja? He would have been a first-round receiver yeah. 10, 12 years ago. Uh, he made, he made. we did the, the math at one point. He made more than Calvin Johnson in, uh, in wow. his baseball career. Maybe significantly more than Calvin Johnson in his baseball career. And doesn't have the health issues that pushed Calvin Johnson out of the sport after only nine seasons. All right, why is it so quiet with the Cowboys this offseason when the big news is Jerry Jones going into a 7-Eleven and double-fisting <laughs> bottles of Cabernet? That's a quiet offseason for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, Mike, it, it has been relatively quiet. And you start thinking about how many shows we've had where we've completely just skipped over the Cowboys, right? They used to be America's team, and... You know, Jerry's hating this because he wants the publicity. He wants us to be talking about us. You know, he's the one that's always said, hey, just spell my name right. Everything else follows after that. I don't care what you say. So um, it has been quiet. I don't know that they'll be real active in free agency. I think the next thing you hear from the Cowboys is either franchising Dak Prescott or signing him to a long-term deal. And frankly, I don't think they sign him to a long-term deal. I think first they're going to have to figure out what the salary cap is, and I don't think that's going to come soon enough for them to work out a long-term deal. They've had almost two years to do that. Haven't gotten that done. I do think he'll be their quarterback this year, but I also think, Mike, there is a question a little bit about that ankle injury and how he'll come back for it and how, how quickly he can come back for it. We know he had that second surgery, CeeDee Lamb, confirmed that in his comments uh, on Super Bowl week that that uh, Dak Prescott had had a second surgery. So is he going to be able to get back and, and fully heal and be ready for the start of the season? The Cowboys still think he will. We'll see about that. But hopefully he's back and it was leading the league in passing yards when he when he left. But I think that's the next news we're going to have is Dak Prescott probably getting franchised. It's just been really quiet for them unless they get involved somehow, some way in the J.J. Watt Thing, but I don't think they can, Mike, not knowing what the, what the franchise, uh, what the salary cap number is going to be and having to franchise Dak Prescott. The reality, though, for the typical franchise tag player 
you don't know what the tag is until you know what the cap is because the cap and the franchise tag, it's a percentage type of a formula that's based on five-year rolling average. It gets complicated, but it's a percentage-driven number. Not for Dak Prescott because he's entitled to a 20% bump over what he got last year. He gets more than $37 million this year. So anything they could do to do a long-term deal is going to drop that cap number down. That gives him extra leverage. He can say, here's my proposal. Has Todd France drop a proposal on a four-year contract, and it gets Dak what he wants. And look, my cap number for 2021 goes from $37 million to $19.5 million. We cut it in half. Well, $18.5 My math sucks. We cut it in half. And uh, it looks pretty good for the Cowboys this year. Gives Dak what he wants. There's a way to do it now until some higher cap numbers down the road. But the cap will be recovered by then. But now's the time to do it. Now's the maximum leverage. Now's the time for Dak to get the four-year deal that he's wanted. Remember, the Cowboys said we want five. Dak says, I-, I want four. Well, he did his one last year, and he got over $31 million. So now let's do the four-year deal. And let's use $37.4 million as the starting point. But we'll, we'll, we'll structure it in a way that it's a, it's a low-cap hit this year. And the Cowboys don't even need to know what the salary cap is going to be to do that because if they could cut that cap number in half, I think they should run with that opportunity. And as Troy Aikman said, Dak's leverage did go up. And, and I, I think that the Cowboys would be beyond stupid to go into the new league year with, with over $37 million tied up in Dak Prescott's name. And, and I think they've just finally they – their reckoning has arrived. They've either got to, to do this deal or they've got to not franchise tag him. I don't think tagging him is going to be sustainable. I think it's going to be a mistake. And I think it guarantees that he's got one more year with the team and then he's going to walk away next year as a free agent. That's exactly right, Mike. If they can't work out a long-term deal, and I realize why they would do that to buy them time thinking they can get it done by July, but if they don't get that done by July, he's not playing beyond this season for the Cowboys. They'll be looking for a new franchise quarterback. And you think about all the quarterbacks, I wrote about this, that they had looking for Tony Romo after Troy Aikman, and they looked into Tony Romo. And But you think about the Quincy Carters and the Clint Sterners and the Drew Hensons and all those guys that, that they tried at quarterback after Troy Aikman, it didn't work out. You've got to have that guy that you can know that you can win with. They know they can win with Dak Prescott. They've done that. Every single year he played all 16 games, they never had a losing record. So they can win with him. Can they win a Super Bowl with him? That's yet to be determined, but I think they think that they can. So if you do, pay him what he's worth, move on, have him as your long-term starter. I want to be clear on the numbers, too. Last year, the tag for Dak Prescott was $31.4 million because the Cowboys chose to use the exclusive level, not the non-exclusive. The number would have been three, $4 million lower if they had gone non-exclusive. They chose the Cadillac version of the tag, to keep any other team from offering him a contract that if he had signed it and they hadn't matched, the Cowboys would have been left with two first-round picks. This year, 20% bump, $37.68 million. And if they do it again next year, by rule, 44% bump for the third tag, $54.2 million next year. And I remember last year when he didn't do a long-term deal before July 15, and that came and went. People around the league were saying to me, uh, he, he, uh, 
they're not going to franchise tag him next year. Well, bullcrap, they're not going to franchise tag him next year. Why'd they use the highest possible tag on him this year? They've already made the decision he's the guy. Now, maybe they can back away from it because of the ankle injury. But, Shereen, I think that that given the cap, they've either got to sign him before the deadline for using the tag or, or they've just got to not use the tag this year because that guarantees one more year and he's going to be gone in 2022 if they do that. Because I think if they don't give him the contract he wants before, before the tag goes in, they're not going to come to an agreement by July 15. All right, we need to take a break. We got to, we got, we got to draft a, a very important draft that is tied to a very important anniversary in sports that how dare you have forgotten about this anniversary that we're about to commemorate when PFT Live continues right after this. Important anniversary in sports seven years ago yesterday. T.J. Oshie. And you know what? I remember this now. 2014 Olympics shootout. Cork and the rules allowed him to take as many of the shootout shots as he wanted. He shoots, he scores, he shoots, he scores. He had four of six attempts that went in. Four goals in the shootout against Russia and the USA won. And, oh, by the way. Outdoor games at Lake Tahoe this weekend on NBC. Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, the Colorado Avalanche take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern, the Philadelphia Flyers take on the Boston Bruins. Who says there's nothing going on in sports? Everything is going on on sports, and it's going on on NBC. Both games are going to be played on the 18th fairway at the Edgewood Tahoe Resort Golf Course. Obviously, no fans present for those games. All right, best individual games of 2020 in honor of the very important TJ Oshie anniversary. Best individual performances. That's our draft. Shereen, you got a trivia question for me. I'm trying not to look down, so I see neither the question nor the answer. Adrian Peterson, who wants to break Emmett Smith's rushing record, already holds the record for most rushing yards in a single game, 296 versus the Chargers in, two, in 2007. Whose record did he break? It was Jamal Lewis. You're right. 295 in 2003 against the Browns. Very good. Now, who held it before Jamal Lewis? Was it Corey? That I don't know. Did Corey Dillon ever have it? I remember it was Walter Payton for a long time. Then Corey Dillon. Thank you. Then Jamal Lewis. Then Adrian Peterson. I remember when Walter Payton got 275 against the Vikings back in the 70s. All right, first pick for me. Uh, Let me guess. This one's easy. easy. Christmas Day. Red red cleat, green cleat, Alvin Kamara, six touchdowns for the first time since 1965. Nothing more to say about that one. On to the next pick. Yes, indeed. He did get fined, obviously, for those Christmas shoes, Mike. And he got COVID right after that, too. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry in Week 17. Uh, against uh, Houston. He had 34 carries, 250 yards, two touchdowns. The Titans had to win that game to get to the playoffs. He put him on his back and carried him, went over 2,000 yards, only the eighth running back ever to surpass 2,000 yards, finished with 470 more than Dalvin Cook. A great season and a great game for Derrick Henry. My next one is going to be Hassan Reddick because he had ah, that huge yeah. game. Aha. Uh-huh. You, uh, you, you should have got a better trivia question or you'd have had the first pick and the third pick. <laughs> Thanks, Hassan Pete. Reddick with five sacks 
and three forced fumbles against the Giants. Now it was Colt McCoy so and, and the Giants offensive line, but still, Hassan Reddick got it done. Five sacks, three forced fumbles, and we're going to have an item on PFT about how he's headed toward free agency, and uh, there may be somebody who offers him a significant amount of money based upon the performance from that game. I am going to go with Tyreek Hill against Tampa Bay in week 12. How can we forget 13 catches, 269 yards, three touchdowns against Carlton Davis, and the Chiefs apparently forgot that Carlton Davis played for the Bucs because they didn't look for him in the Super Bowl. But remember in that game, Mike, that Tyreek Hill was on pace for almost 1,000 yards after the first quarter. He had 203 yards, seven catches, two touchdowns in the first quarter. Just an outstanding, especially first quarter, but an outstanding game overall by Tyreek Hill. You know, and in that game, Patrick Mahomes was on pace for over 700 passing yards, which would have shattered the longstanding Norm Van Brocklin record from 1951 of 554. And I was, it's 554, 556. I think it's 554. I'm going to remember this one of these days. Either way, Mahomes was on pace to break it. And another guy, and Mahomes didn't. He, he played the second half, and obviously yeah. he didn't. Another guy didn't get a chance. If only the Lions weren't so bad, the Buccaneers wouldn't have been blowing them out and they would have left Tom Brady on the field for the second half of that Saturday game in December when Brady had, for one half of the game, 348 and four touchdowns in one half. You double that, you almost have 700, and you have eight touchdowns. I know it may not have been quite as easy, but he was making it look pretty easy. And I think that's one of the that's one of the things that that gets in the way of somebody breaking the Van Brocklin record. Unless your defense is horrible and it's a shootout, at some point you're going to be up by so many points in the game, they're going to get you off of the field. I'm surprised Mr. No Risk It No Biscuit didn't let Brady in the state where he went to college set the single game record for passing yardage. I really thought we'd see him in the second half of that game instead of Blaine Gabbert. But we didn't, Mike, so he didn't get a chance to break that record. But you know a guy who did break a record this year? And this one was really hard because there's so many good ones left. But Jeremy Chin, the rookie for the Panthers, scored back-to-back defensive touchdowns, two plays in a row, ran a fumble win for 18 yards for a touchdown, came back on the next play, a fumble 28 yards for a touchdown in Week 12 against the Vikings. He also had 13 tackles and a forced fumble in that game. Just an outstanding performance. Probably should have gotten more consideration for defensive uh, player of the year, uh, rookie of the year. He didn't, of course, because Chase Young ran away with that award. But he had a great rookie season and especially a great game that week against the Vikings. And and I remember watching that game. And, and what will happen is it reminded me of a performance from Tavon Austin several years ago with the Rams where you look up and you think, oh, they're showing a, a replay of his, oh, no, wait, that's another one. That happened with three for Tavon Austin in a Rams game, and that happened back-to-back for Jeremy Chin. And I could have swore it was just, oh, that's a replay. Well, wait a minute, something's different about that one. Yeah, it's a different play. It's a different drive. It's a different touchdown. And the Vikings still somehow found a way to win that game. That was one of the more exciting regular season games of the year. But that's a great one from you. I'd forgotten about that one. I think I pushed that one out of my memory. Great selections. One other one I had, I had uh, Jonathan Taylor. He had 253 yards week 15, which is when the rookies are supposed to have hit the wall. And also Aaron Rodgers way back in week one at Minnesota. That kind of set the tone with four touchdown passes and just shredded the Vikings defense. Any others on your list that we didn't get to? 
well, I had DeAndre Hopkins catching the, the Hail Murray, um, and, and that was a huge game. He had seven catches, 127 yards, and a touchdown, but I don't know that they make the Hail Murray without him. Devin White, you could have picked any of his postseason games. He only played three. He missed the first one with COVID. He was outstanding in all three of those games, couple interceptions. And then I had Dak Prescott, but it came in a loss. But he passed for 502 yards against the Browns, four touchdowns. It ended up being the most yards that any quarterback passed for this season. And Ben Roethlisberger had over 500 yards against the Browns in the playoffs, in large part because the Steelers right. were getting the yeah. crap kicked out of them and they needed to throw and throw and throw. By the way, the Norm Van Brocklin game, 554 yards. The opposing quarterbacks, three of them in the game, combined for 63 passing yards as the Rams beat the New York Yanks 54 to 14. So they ran up the score to get Norm Van Brocklin to 554. And that, to me, is the most amazing record that has stayed as long as it has because yeah. it happened back in 1951. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Tuesday edition. I had to stop and think of what day it is. Tuesday edition of PFT Live right after this. All right, uh, this is fun. Random line from a movie that fans of it instantly know. And I think the rules of this, Shireen, it can't be like an iconic line like we're going to need a bigger boat. It's got to be something truly random. Do you have any that you would throw into the conversation? There's no cry no crying in baseball, and you can't handle the truth with the two that first came to my mind. But see, they're not random. Those are key lines. It's got to be something like, uh, I don't know, we don't have enough time. We're out of time because we talked too much today. We had extra time and we still talk too much. See you tomorrow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.